0: Shooting is perhaps the single most important commodity in the game of basketball. Can you get the ball in the hoop? And can you do it often and at a high percentage? Then you can play for me. Who are going to be the best shooters in the land in college basketball this year? Uh, Leave Tulene and I are unpacking that today. You are locked on college
1: basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Hey there, what's up? Welcome into the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, the only daily National College Hoop Show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shea. Joining me is our guy, Leith Tuleen, who's with us every week. And Leith, we are getting closer and closer to tip-off of the season. It's about four and a half weeks away at this point. I cannot wait. Today's episode of Locked On College Basketball is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job right now at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions apply. Folks, as you well know, we are thick in the midst of our conference previews leading up to the season. We are doing all 32 Division I conferences, just a couple weeks left. Hard to believe that it's getting to that point. Today, Leaf and I are going to be talking about the Sun Belt Conference. We're doing that a little bit, trying to see if Southern Miss can repeat as the regular season champs. But before we get there, we're going to start doing some little... Countdowns, a little draft, you might call it, with Leaf in the first segment these next couple weeks. Um, And so today I let Leaf pick which category we're going with, and he said, Man, let's hit shooters. So that's what we're doing at. We're looking at today. Leaf and I are each going to pick three of who we think are the best shooters in the nation. And the way we're dividing this up is we each picked a backcourt player, a guard, we each picked a frontcourt player. Uh, a, a four or five a forward center whatever you want to go with and then either a wild card or a wing for our third shooter so we're just gonna bounce back and forth leaf me leaf me leaf and so leaf why don't you kick us off who is your first shooter as one of the best in the land to do it
1: i'm gonna take a newcomer to creighton and those of us who you know, watch some late night basketball. Are familiar with the shooting <laughs> theatrics of Stephen Ashworth? But I think he's going to be on a bigger stage at Creighton, and we've seen some some bombers from deep for, play for the Blue Jays. I mean, we've saw Mitch Ballack shoot some like thirty five footers recently. I'm not expecting Ashworth to maybe be as prolific and shoot as many deep ones, but man, was he great this past year. Ashworth uh, was one of the best three point shooters all year. He shot fifty percent off the dribble. 46% unguarded on catch and shoots, and he shot forty, nearly 44% from three. It, it's pretty hard for him to, to not be the pick here. I think there was plenty of guard options. Like I'd say most of the best shooters in the country are guards, so it was hard to narrow down. But I think he's the one that's on the team that can make a significant splash this year that has the numbers to back it up.
0: Uh, Leaf, you took my pick. Uh, now, to be fair, we didn't look at each other's picks, so – um, I came and I saw that Leaf had already taken Steven Ashworth, so I'm not going to choose him. I've got another backcourt player, but but you're spot on with him. It's, it's both the volume and the percentage combined, and that, that's what we're looking at. In fact, I was just kind of looking at some of the numbers from last year. Leaf, there were only two players in all of Division One last year that were top 10 in both three-point percentage and total made three-pointers. It's insane that not, not only was his volume that high, but that, that his number of makes, or excuse me, his percentage was that high as well. It's absolutely bonkers. He and then Western Carolina's Trey Jackson was the other to do that. By the way, Trey Jackson is also back this year, so make sure you check him out, another great shooter at Western Carolina. My pick, though, since I can't go with Stephen Ashworth, thank you very much, Leaf Tulane Lean, is the only other returning player who was top 10 in made three-pointers. He made 112 last year and top 20 in three-point percentage. So the only guys in the nation who are returning to college basketball last year who were top 10 in made threes and top 20 in three-point percentage are Steven Ashworth, Trey Jackson at West Carolina, and my pick, Tyler Perry, who is transferring from North Texas Going over to K-State, Jerome Tang brings in another high-level transfer. In fact, he's got multiple high-level transfers. We're talking about Creighton. Arthur Kaluma's coming in. And, uh, man, I I think K-State should be able to run it uh, really well again this year. But Tyler Perry last year made 112 threes, uh, shot 41.3% while doing so. Again, that level of both volume and percentage is what I'm looking for in a great shooter. And, And with Tyler Perry, you know, I think a lot of times you look at that leaf and you might be like, okay, cool. Can he replicate that? Absolutely he can. This is not a one-off. The year before, again, Perry shot 41.3% last year. The year before at North Texas, he shot 41.4%. The volume was down, not as many attempts, but still had 5.6 attempts. had 7.5 attempts last year. So watch out, Big 12. This 5'11 Dynamo is about to take you by storm. All right, Leaf, who is your next pick for best shooter? Let's go to the front court. Uh, this one is interesting.
1: I think you could find players with better, like, counting stats in terms of percentage, mm-hmm. but I think the yeah. way he shoots the ball is is unbelievable. I'm going to go with Damari Monsanto from Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. 40.5% from three, 44% unguarded on catch and shoots, 42% on guarded catch and shoots. And he doesn't necessarily take all of his shots that way, because if you look at his numbers, you can see that those percentages are better um then the off the dribble which is typically the case and so he takes some off the dribble he takes them off curls and he's versatile as a guy who plays the four mostly for wake forest uh, or or will mostly this year and, and he comes off curls he's going to catch and shoot pick and pop and i think he's one of the more underappreciated players whereas when you compile the list of the best shooters and i don't know i mostly use just kind of like who i would think and then i'd look at stats to see if it would be if <laughs> they know, pass the feasible. eye test and the stats yeah yeah but if you were to like look at a a top twenty list of shooters compiled by I don't know some random random aggregation site, I'd imagine he'd be lower on that list. But I I think the way he shoots the ball is super super predictable, and that's a good thing. Like the ball comes off at the same height, it's it comes repeatable. off at the same yeah. spin, yeah. and he is he's someone that I think can do it at the next level, even if he improves defensively. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it's a valuable commodity. Um, to have a guy who can shoot in the way he does repeatedly in different facets of the game like he come off curls pick and pops like i mentioned and all those numbers like i said there's gonna be people with better counting stats but those are not too shabby nonetheless
0: <laughs> not too shabby in any way well uh and you know man Wake Forest has been doing really well lately with bringing in all these transfer guards. Steve Forbes got himself another nice one this year coming from the uh, Pacific Northwest and Zaga Bulldogs there. Leaf, for my pick for a front court player, I'm staying in the same conference. Give me Blake Henson from Pitt. 6'8 forward will be playing the four again. Um, you know, at, at the next level, he might be a three, but um, at least for Pitt right now, he is a four. He didn't, like he... Had two years at Ole Miss, his first two years, then was a medical redshirt for two years at Iowa State, never played. He didn't shoot as well or as prolifically when he was down in Mississippi. But then last year at Pitt, just went lights out for Capel's team. 38% shooting. Again, it's not in, kind of as you were saying, it's not in the 40% range like some of these other guys were talking about. But in terms of a front court player, 38% on 7.1 attempts per game, had just shy of 100 total makes, had 97 last year. I mean, that that's super impressive to me for a big and who I'd be looking at for this. In fact, he made more threes last year at Pitt in his one year than the combined first two years at Ole Miss where he made 91. I project Henson to be a first-team ACC player this year, at least probably preseason. He will either be on it or just right outside looking in and would be part of what I think is going to help make Coach Capel's team really good again this year, competitive strongly in the ACC. Blake Henson doing it from the four spot is my front court shooter. All right, Leaf, give me your wild card or wing shooter.
1: I'm going to go with a guy that, will become more of a known commodity this year. Another transfer, I'm going to go with Walter Clayton Jr., previously with Iona under Rick Pitino, now at Florida. And I think he's going to have a chance to really thrive more as a catch-and-shoot guy this year than he had because of the attention that will be drawn by Riley Kugel. And and I could pontificate about Riley Kugel and how great he'll be for a while, <laughs> but I think the attention he draws will, will open the court up for Walter Clayton Jr., who's been a focal point of the Iona offense for years. He shot 43.5% from three, 49% unguarded catch and shoots, 95% from the free throw line. That's a pure shooter right there. Wow. And he did a lot of it off the bounce as well. Like he he's someone that could score. I'd almost call him a score that can shoot. And that's like an amazing compliment because it is. I actually did an interview with Brandon Pojemski at, at the NBA combine. And he said, I'm a, I'm a hooper who can shoot, not a shooter who can hoop. And so I, I think that that's going to catch on as a line, but, He's a scorer who can shoot and he can really light it up. So I'm excited to watch him at Florida and and watch that Florida team in general who's kind of mature around a young star and Riley Kugel. So Walter Clayton Jr. is my,
0: my wild card shooter. All right, folks, watch out for what's going on down in Gainesville with that. Now, leave. here's what's interesting. My pick for my wild card or wing is a teammate of somebody that we've already mentioned. So if things play out well, uh, the Creighton Blue Jays are going to be lighting it up this season because my pick for my wing is Baylor Shireman, 6'7", 205, Honestly was surprised that he decided to come back to school. Uh, But you know that coach McDermott is very excited for that. And, And he's coming back for a reason to tighten things up, to do some things to get more ready for the NBA. And I think that projects to him being an even better shooter this year. And I mean, you think about, all the attention that Ryan Kalkbrenner is going to gobble up on the inside that frees up Shireman for some better shooting. You think about all the attention that Trey Alexander is going to draw. He's somebody else I'm surprised that came back, but glad he did. And then you already talked about Steven Ashworth and everything he does as, as the starting point guard. And so those two, you got to pick a shooter. You can't go guard them both at a high level. And so I think both Ashworth and Shireman are going to be the recipients of that last year. Shireman, Shot 36.4%, 87 of 239. He was down a little bit after kind of transferring up from the mid-major level up to Creighton in the Big East. But I think it will jump back. And here's why I say that. The year before at San Diego State, or San Diego State, excuse me, South Dakota State, he shot 46.9% on 5.1 attempts per game his sophomore year. He was 43.8% on 5.7 attempts per game. And so I think we will have progression back to the mean this year. I expect Shireman to be back up over 40%. I expect that volume to continue to rise. I wouldn't be surprised if he challenged for hitting about 100 threes. Wouldn't that be something if Ashworth and Shireman both went triple digits on made threes would be absolutely wacky. I think it's going to be a great year for Creighton. That top end of the Big East leaf is wild. Now, obviously, in a list where we've only named six guys, we're leaving out a ton of great shooters. Guys like Max Asemus, transferring to Texas, Hunter Couture at Virginia Tech, Nigel Pack at Miami, and a whole host of others. Very deserving players that we could go on and on and on about, but just a little bit of a different approach today. Thought it would be a fun way for us to set that up for you. Leaf and I are going to move to our Sunbelt preview Got a great opportunity to talk about these teams in the sub belt. Really looking forward to that and cannot wait to see some of these major storylines, which is where we're headed next. But first, I need to tell you that this episode of Locked On College Basketball is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs, which helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's super easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. And then you just add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your profile to spread the word that you're hiring. After that, you can use simple tools like screening questions that help you make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience that'll allow you to quickly prioritize who you want to interview and then ultimately hire. Because honestly, getting that right person will have a positive and measurable impact on your business. All of this is why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free right now at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Friends, we want to remind you that coming up on uh, Friday later today, if you're watching this or listening on Friday morning is locked on college football kickoff live from 11 a.m. till noon Eastern Live on every locked on YouTube channel. Make sure you check it out to get ready for this weekend's college football action. Leaf, we're talking Sunbelt today. 14 teams. That's a big fat mid major conference. Let me run it through it because not everyone listening or watching might just have all these teams off the top of their heads. So let me give them to you folks alphabetically. We got Appalachian State, Arkansas State, Coastal Carolina, Georgia Southern, Georgia State, James Madison. Louisiana, Louisiana Monroe, Marshall, Old Dominion, South Alabama, Southern Miss, shouts to Brett Favre, Texas State, and Troy. That is the 14 teams of the Sun Belt. And leave, here's my first thing right out of the gate. Last year, Southern Miss was picked to finish 13th out of these 14 teams as they came in. Into the conference, it was very similar to you know, we talked about Jerome Tang in Kansas State last year, picked like dead last in the Big 12, and then made all sorts of noise. Southern Miss did the exact same thing as they came into the Sun Belt last year from Conference USA. So, my first question for us out of the gate can Southern Miss repeat that? Can they double up? but then finish the job because they did not win the conference tournament last year as the one seed that went to Louisiana, who went on to give a great push to Tennessee in the NCAA tournament. What do you think, Leif? I would
1: say it's definitely possible. Uh, I think a team that builds that much cohesiveness in the middle of a season, able to go from 13th preseason which typically is associated with teams that are that don't return a lot of talent and or have unknown commodities unknown. that's right and, and, and i think that was more of the case that they didn't know what they'd be or or people that that wrote about it did not know what they'd be and i think now they're a more well-regarded commodity and rightfully so so the nasty taste in their mouth of not making the tournament despite winning the conference which plenty of bid majors experience in one bid leagues uh, can be used as a, a driving tool. Like one of the best examples of this, um, in terms of coming up short, becoming a, a motivating tool, is North Carolina in 2016. They lose a heartbreaker. 2017, it feels like all year. This is the year. Like it, it almost wasn't questioned which team was the hungriest. And so I, I think in mid majors, this happens all the time. That said, I will say there's there's better, I would say better high end talent this year in the Sun Belt than there has been in years past oh. because some of the best players that were in the Sun Belt returned. And then some of the transfers that came in came are quote unquote transferring down. And and I, I would say that it's a more competitive league than it has been in years past.
0: Yeah. And I I mean, specifically with Southern Miss, the big question for me is somebody like Andre Curbelo, who's a name that's been floating around college basketball for a while now, had that first kind of mercurial year at Illinois last year was at St. John's. And I mean, I, I think if Jay Ladner at Southern Miss, their coach can get him to play up to his level and his talent, then that's a win. And And I had read, I can't even remember where the uh, interview was, but with Coach Ladner, like, are you worried about Curbelo? Like, he's a great talent, but is it worth bringing that in for kind of his up and downness? And he said, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like if we can get him to do what he needs to do, I have no hesitation in bringing him in and doing it. So I, I think that's the big question to ask. Obviously, folks, Leaf and I are going to make our predictions on whether or not Southern Miss can actually repeat as the regular season champion. And we'll do that at the end of the show. Now, Leaf, we you know, you talked about all this talent transferring in. We've got transfers from Oregon and all sorts of big name schools. And, and I think they need it because of the 16 players last year on Sunbelt's first, second, or third team postseason awards, only four of them are returning. And so we have to have this influx uh, of transfer portal guys, guys raising up. You know, we don't often at the in these mid-major conferences see a ton of uh, freshmen really getting to these lists. And so we need these mature, high-level guys to do it. And we saw that last year. You, you probably wouldn't guess this, folks, but the Sunbelt had four teams in the top 100 in both the net and Ken Palm last year. That was Marshall, Louisiana, Southern Miss, and James Madison. Interestingly enough, four of those teams were teams that joined, uh, excuse me, three of those teams were teams that joined the conference just last year. Southern Miss um, and Marshall and James Madison. Am I getting that right? Yes. Um, And so that's that's wild there, Leaf, to think about all that influx and that high level of the Sun Belt. Do you see, as we start to look at these teams again this year, we're going to have a repeat of that? You think we can get multiple teams into the top 100 in these analytic sites?
1: I mean, it's hard to predict because a lot of them were narrowly within the margin. That's of that.
0: right. 80s but and 90s for all of them.
1: Yeah. I, I would say you'll you'll get multiple. I don't know if you're going to get four. Uh, I, the reason I, I, I have faith is that when your level of competition is at a set rate where, where that kind of plateaus like 80 to 120, 130, I think that you're going to end up playing enough teams that play similarly. So if you, if you win enough, like win enough by, by, you know, a comfortable enough margin, therefore you should have analytics that, that back that up defensively, you'll be above a lot of those teams by that set margin. Offensively, you should in theory be just a touch ahead Uh, or, or if you're awesome on one side of the ball and not so great on the other, like it it ends up your middle (laughs) ranking should be decent. So I, I would say yes. Um, But, you know, it's sometimes difficult. Sometimes these conferences like have a have a knack for being really high scoring or really good defensively. And it makes the rest of those numbers drop down compared to the rest of the the country where some of those things are less inflated. And so it really just depends the the pace of the conference, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, great points there, Leaf. And one other storyline I want to mention before we get to our tiers and our predictions and awards and things like that. Is the coaching carousel is very interesting in the Sun Belt this year, and here's why: there were only two new coaches coming in. Arkansas State is getting Brian Hodgson, and Georgia Southern is getting Charlie Henry. And here's why it's interesting: both of them are coming from Tuscaloosa, where they have been assistants with Nate Oates at Alabama since Coach Oates came to coach the Crimson Tide in uh, back what 2018 2019. And so, man, that's just really interesting. You only get two new coaches in the coaching carousel, but they're guys that have been on staff together for multiple years. So that's going to be interesting to watch these uh, Arkansas Arkansas State-Georgia Southern matchups and the chess matches that we get there. Longest tenured coach in the Sun Belt is Cliff Ellis at Coastal Carolina. He's been there since 07. Unfortunately, I think the Chanticleers might be at the bottom of the barrel this year in the conference, but we get three other coaches – who have been at their schools in this conference for a decade or more. That's Bob Martin at Louisiana, Keith Richard, not Keith Richards <laughs> at Louisiana Monroe, and Jeff Jones at Old Dominion. But also entering his 10th year this year is Dan Dan Tony at Marshall. And yes, if that last name sounds familiar, he is Mike's brother, although Dan is Mike's older brother. So watch out for that. All right, folks, Leaf and I do want to get to our the tiers, we're going to try to put these teams into tiers, look at award predictions, and who we each have for our conference champs. We're going to get to that in just a second. But first, this episode of Locked on College Basketball is brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is super easy to use and you can bet on all sorts of stuff, spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, Leaf, I, I went about trying to put these teams into tiers. And I actually, because of the, the breadth of this conference with having 14 teams actually had to do it in five tiers to make myself feel good about it. And uh, I want to give you these and, and see your reactions to it. Anybody you would move around or shift or tell me I'm an idiot. So in the top tier, looking at James Madison, App State, and Southern Miss, potentially running it back. I just see a breaking point after those three teams. Before we get to my second tier, Marshall and Old Dominion. Tier three, I've got Arkansas State, Georgia State, and last year's tournament champ, Louisiana. Tier four is my biggest one. I got Texas State, Southern Al- or excuse me, South Alabama, Georgia Southern, and Troy. And then down at the bottom, Louisiana, Monroe, and Coastal Carolina. As Leaf said earlier, folks, it's so hard to predict, especially in the transfer portal era. Uh, as you, it's just hard to see what a team is going to be as they bring it together. But leaf, as you look at that, anything to quibble with or change or move around?
1: I don't know if I necessarily have an issue with the order. I I would say, I think Marshall and old dominion are closer to app state and Southern miss than they are to Arkansas state, Georgia state, and Louisiana. Um, and, and that's one and two, as opposed to two and three. Yeah. I, I may be higher on Marshall even though they lost Tavion Kinsey okay I, I think that Marshall has an established coach as you as you just said with Dan D'Antoni. I, I also think that Old Dominion brings back a majority of their team and they were 11 and seven in conference last year and I'm just a believer in in continuity at a certain degree I think there's a lot of lot to be said for the successful transfer portal like like we watched Kansas State have two players that played on the team the year before in uh of course noel and Ishmael, and then they played 10 new players basically and made the elite eight and I'm, i think that's feasible i just think it's more likely that a team with continuity does better but i don't have too much to go with i would probably order it the same way okay. I, I just think that there's a chance i think there's a greater chance that that four and five or two and three than it is that they fall to like five and six and i yep. very well could be wrong i just feel like they're they're very close i don't think much separates the top team from the fifth best team in this conference
0: i com i see that argument i hear it and i think i would tend to agree with it that it's more like 1a and 1b than one two three uh is, is probably a, a good way to look at that all right leaf we're a little bit short on time here today so let's work our way through our award predictions pretty quick let's start with our five players on the first team. Who are you going with with your first team All Sun Belt Conference? I'll go
1: with Terrence Edwards for James Madison, who is a team that I'm very high on. Austin Crowley, he is a returner from last year's first team. Uh, the, only be, one.
0: The, the, the only the one. The first team's gone. Yeah. Uh,
1: then I'm going to go with some younger players that, that have a little bit of pedigree or transfers. Dwan Odom and Darian Ford. Uh, both of them transferred from bigger schools. Uh, I I think they'll both crack it. And one of them I will have as my newcomer of the year. And then I've got Donovan Gregory, who is third team last year. He's also a defensive player, like he's an enforcer. So I I think he gets an extra boost. (laughs) um, A lot of these defensive players, if you notice that there's a big guy on some of these teams, if you look at if he's on the all defensive team, that's that's typically a great indication that he's going to be the big guy. In the uh, in the sun belt or whichever conference it is, as the representative for the all conference team, so that's my that's my starting five, so to speak.
0: I love it. You got little uh, Bash brothers there from the Mighty Ducks action coming at you, uh, Fulton Reed, and I can't think of the other guy's name that joins the team in Mighty Ducks too. Somebody tell me D two. Who's the other Bash brother? I can't think of his name. All right, uh, Leaf. Honestly, three of my five are the same, so I won't reiterate it. Uh, but Terrence Edwards at James Madison. Austin Crowley at Southern Miss and Donovan Gregory at App State. I like all those guys. Great picks there. The others I'm going with are Chance Jenkins from Old Dominion. I think he is going to be the best player on their team this year and just jump up into that first team. And then Jacob Connor, I think, is going to take a big leap at Marshall. We're talking about Marshall from his freshman to sophomore year, 6'8 guard forward. I think he's going to do great things for Coach Dan Tony this year. So I've got Terrence Edwards, Austin Crowley, Donovan Gregory. Those we both have. And then least two differences are Dwan Odom and Darian Ford, and mine are Chance Jenkins at Old Dominion and Jacob Connor from Marshall. So Leaf, out of those five that you picked, who is your conference player of the year? I'm
1: going to go with Terrence Edwards from James Madison because I think James Madison is going to be one of the best two teams in the conference, and so I might as well take a representative of the top teams, and, and I think <laughs> he's got a lot of room to grow because this team had a few departures, and he was one of the better players already.
0: Uh, Very similar psychology for me, but I actually went to the other team that I see right there at the top is Southern Miss, and so I'm going with Austin Crowley for my player of the year. Wouldn't be surprised at all, though, to see Edwards take home that hardware. What about transfer of the year, Leaf, you already alluded to your pick for it, Uh, sounds like it's either going to be Odom or Ford. Who are you going with?
1: I'm going to go with Darian Ford, and this is a shot in the dark because he... Didn't play very much for the Arkansas Razorbacks last year, but Arkansas was an extremely talented team. So to get any minutes is, is impressive. He played 80 minutes in 21 games for last year's Arkansas team, scored 15 points, he shot 40%, and he was 7-8 of from the free throw line. Uh, that, that That's not crazy. The reason I like that is he's a guy who has very good athleticism, He's on a team that needs an infusion of talent Mm. and an infusion Mm. of pace. And I think those are two things he could really provide. And I don't know this for certain, but I wouldn't be shocked if he's handed the keys and allowed to really run an offense. So I I also think he's one of the best athletes in this conference. And sometimes you can, you can do things with with athleticism that you can't do if you don't have it. And I think Arkansas (laughs) state needs to play through what they've got. And he's the certainly the most gifted player on their team. So. I'm going to take a shot in the dark there and I I love your pick. I'm not going to ruin it, but, but I'm just going to, I want a shot in the dark here.
0: <laughs> well, it's funny. I almost uh, for my transfer of the year went with Ford's teammate at Arkansas state, Freddie Hicks. And so shouts to him. He'll be my honorable mention transfer of the year, but watch out for these guys. Again, as you said, that influx of talent, I'm actually going to go with Andre Curbelo, who I talked about earlier at Southern miss via St. John's in Illinois. Um, I just think at some point his talent and, and his desire to play basketball has to take over. And it's like, all right, let me be dialed in, locked in. Southern Miss trying to run it back. They've got a culture established. And I think that's why they're able to land somebody like Curbelo. And so I think he comes in, recognizes what he has to do. That talent rises to the top. And I've got Curbelo as my transfer of the year. And if so, I might have missed by not having him on my first team, all Sun Belt Conference. Leaf, two more choices and we'll get out of here next Coach of the year. Let's go through this one quickly. Uh, I'm going Dustin Kearns at Appalachian
1: State. I think this is the team that's in the upper echelon, but only was 500 in conference play last year. And therefore, improvement um, and, and tempered expectations, I think coincide nicely to make him a Cinderella candidate for the coach of the
0: year. I love it. I thought about Jay Ladner for mine at Southern Miss, uh, just if they're able to win back-to-back, but he just won last year, and it feels like people are always reticent to give Coach of the Year awards to the same person back-to-back. So I'm actually going to go with Mark Byington at James Madison, which is a little bit of a nod towards what one of my picks for uh, winning the conference is going to be here in just a second. That said, Leaf, as I look at our show notes, we both have the same teams picked for our regular season champ, and our conference tournament champ. So I'm going to let you reveal that to everybody watching and listening. Well, hopefully
1: great minds think alike. <laughs> uh, we, got, we got James Madison as our regular season champions, and our conference tournament champions are the Southern Miss Golden Eagles who did not win it last year. We talked about that hunger that right. could be caused by not winning it. I don't think they'll put as much pressure to win the regular season. They very well could contend. But in a one-off setting, they'll be stronger, more motivated after falling short. The, the taste of victory will be sweeter after the despair of, of a loss <laughs> in the tournament last year. And so uh, the Golden Eagles and Andre
0: Curbello's flash and
1: flare will make it into the NCAA tournament.
0: I love it. Hopefully it is great minds think alike, and uh, we'll see what happens come March. Folks, thanks so much for making Locked On College Basketball your first listen every day. Every dayers, thank you for being here with us. If you're new to the show, welcome in. We're so glad you're here. Folks, please don't forget to subscribe to the show. You can do that on audio and video formats. Smash the like button if you're here watching, and we'd love to hear your comments on Sunbelt picks, your favorite shooters, and more you can follow leaf on twitter at leaf to lean you can follow me at isaac shade or the show at locked on cbb as always apologies to the lawyer family let's go wildcats and until tomorrow peace